Hi, I'm Jay John. Welcome to the Just 10 series here in London. We're looking at God's 10 commandments and we're going to focus on the third commandment. Do not misuse the name of God. And the title is How to Take God Seriously. How to take God seriously. One of the first questions concerning a newborn child is, what is their name? Because to know someone by name is the first step towards knowing that person. Names are important. If we remember someone's name, it shows that we care. When people forget our name, when we think they should have known it, it can really hurt. We associate certain names with certain people. Take, for example, the name Adolf Hitler. Even to say it conjures up images of indescribable cruelty. But take another name like Mother Teresa. Oh, I met her. I, I spent a month with her and the sisters in Calcutta. Life-changing. But when we think of Mother Teresa, it inclines us to think of good. And we're full of admiration. We are concerned for the reputation of our name. If there are malicious stories going around about us, we don't like it. Of course we don't like it. Now to the Israelites in the Old Testament of the Bible, names were very important. And they gave their children significant names. The Israelites believed that the name of God was so sacred that when they wrote God's name with a quill, they would throw the quill away to write the next words. Because his name is so sacred. They had an immense awe and reverence for God. You see, the name of God represents the nature of God. The name of God represents the nature of God. So therefore, to dishonor the name is to dishonor God. If we are going to be serious about God, we need to respect God. The third commandment reads, Exodus 20, verse 7. Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. How do we misuse God's name? Well, let me give you some examples how we misuse God's name. First, when we use it, to insult. Repeat, when we use it to insult. 
In one dictionary, the first entry under the name Jesus, okay? First entry, one, an exclamation of surprise, dismay. Two, the founder of the Christian religion. Can you, can you believe that? In other words, Jesus in that particular dictionary is to be understood first as a common expletive and then as the name of the founder of Christianity. That is blasphemous. The word swearing means treating something sacred with abuse, contempt, or irreverence. And I think we have become very numb just how often and indiscriminately God's name is taken in vain. Oh my God, as an expression of surprise. My wife's name is Killy. Killy is the name of someone I love deeply. If people use my wife's name casually, flippantly, it would concern me. In just the same way, it should concern us when God's name is used in a callous way. Someone cuts you off in traffic, for heaven's sake. You missed the train. Jesus Christ. Really? A child spills their drink. Oh, for God's sake. God never intended for his name to be used as an exclamation and degenerate into a cliche. What I don't understand is, I mean, let's just say you're at home and as you walk down the stairs, you slip down the stairs and you go, ooh, Elvis Presley. (laughs) Well, if we don't say Elvis Presley, why do we say Jesus Christ? Why do people say Jesus Christ? When we use God's name frivolously, we dishonour God and we display irreverence. Don't use God's name to insult. Secondly, don't use God's name to indulge ourselves. Secondly, don't use God's name to indulge ourselves. I wonder how many occasions When we feel we are doing God a favour, we're actually taking God's name in vain. What motivates many people in this country to want to get their children baptised, as an example? For many, it's a combination of tradition and superstition. There is an assumption that God must be very pleased when he hears us praying prayers, but we have absolutely no interest in God. We dishonour the name of God if we profess to be something that we are not. You see, to treat God as a tradition or superstition is to misuse God's name. 
Don't use God's name to insult. Don't use God's name to indulge ourselves. And thirdly, don't use God's name to intimidate. Thirdly, don't use God's name to intimidate. In other words, playing the God card, using God's name to justify our own point of view, to bring credibility to our own ideas. God's name has been invoked to sanction all sorts of evils, such as the Crusades during the Middle Ages, slavery, the Nazi agenda, apartheid in South Africa. It's wrong. It's wrong. Now, I believe that God does speak today. I believe that God speaks to me. But I need to be very discerning and very wise in how I communicate that to others. St. Paul, in his letters in the New Testament, on occasions he would say, this is from God. But on other occasions he would say, this is from me. And he had the discernment to discern what was from God and what was from him. In society, when you take someone else's name and you use it for your own purpose, that is called forgery. We need to be careful not to practice spiritual forgery. Have you, have I twisted the Bible to fit my own ideas and lifestyle? So the question is this, how do we take God seriously? How do we do that? First, be selective with our words. First, be selective with our words. Watch what we say. We not only need to watch our swearing, but we also need to watch our slang. We rarely think of the origin of the slang that we use. Slang can often be a shorthand form of swearing. For example, what does the word damn mean? The word damn is an abbreviation of the word damnation. It means to condemn someone to an evil fate. And people will seemingly damn this and damn that and damn you. Do we really want to condemn people to an evil fate? Word experts tell us that as history went on, God became, by golly, by gum, gosh. Jesus Christ became for crying out loud. Have you ever heard anyone say that? For crying out loud. It's a blasphemous expression of Jesus Christ. God's name is too holy. It's too holy 
not to mean anything by that. You see, we are constantly bombarded with profanity from films, books, colleagues, friends, I mean, even car stickers. And it comes in unintentionally. It becomes part of our vocabulary. We need to watch what we say. And we need to be careful what we text. When we say what we please, does what we say please God? We're too compromising when it comes to profanity. And sometimes people say, well, it doesn't really bother me. It bothers God. And it bothered God so much that in the Old Testament, it was worthy of the death penalty. Decide today not to use the name of God, Jesus, in an irreverent, frivolous, and disrespectful way. Number two, be sincere in our actions. Be sincere in our actions. Let's make sure our life matches what we say we believe. Let's not be hypocrites. If you are a Christian, make sure your walk is consistent with your talk. The Bible says this, Titus 1 verse 16. They claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. Oh, wow. Is your belief consistent with your behavior. Someone wrote this. If you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? That's a good question. If I was arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict me? Jesus said, Matthew 7, 21, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Do you want to take God seriously? If you want to take God seriously, be selective with your words. Be sincere in your actions. Now, who is this Jesus Christ whose name is used so glibly? He is the one who can forgive all our sins. He can wipe away our guilt. He can heal our deepest hurts. He can restore our dignity. The name Jesus means saviour. The name of Jesus carries power. 
I've seen that. I've seen it in my own life. I remember the first time I went to India, and this is many years ago. We arrived, and they said, ah, oh, yes, we will we'll meet you. Then we're going to go to the camp. And at the camp, J. John, you do the Bible studies. Oh, I thought, oh, okay, so we're going to go to a camp. And then we do Bible studies. Oh, that's great, lovely. And we can go to India and have a few curries. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> we arrive at the airport. They take us to the camp. They never told us that at the camp, there were 25,000 people. <laughs> but all of them were sick. You couldn't go to the camp unless you were sick. I mean, like, really sick. Okay, so they didn't tell us. So I now, I'm doing the Bible teaching every morning. We've got 25,000 sick people. It kind of changes the agenda of the Bible study, doesn't it? You've got sick people. After we did this, they said to me, now, J. John, this is what we now do. We will put your team, I took nine church leaders with me, so there were 10 of us. We'll put you in twos, and then you go to different sections and you pray for the sick. And they said, J. John, you and your assistant, you can go with all those people suffering from leprosy. <laughs> and I was thinking, no. <laughs> No, no, I, Lord, Lord, could I start with backaches? <laughs> I, I like backaches. Backaches, you know, just start me on step one. I'm in the minor league when it comes to healing. Yeah, and so my assistant and I, we go, and there's 3,000, 3,000. They've all got leprosy. And, and then I was thinking, oh, no, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? That's always my example. What would Jesus do? And as we prayed, I saw it. I saw it with my own eyes. We prayed in the name of Jesus. And we had in our section 3,000 disfigured faces. Like It was just, I'd never seen anything like it. And then as we're praying for these people, skins, the skins started to roll off their faces like this, like this, like this, like that. They fell to the ground and they had baby skin. I saw it in the name of Jesus. I saw it, the power of Jesus Christ. I've been involved with a couple of exorcisms. I have seen the power of Jesus over evil, over demons, over darkness. I've seen it. I have seen Jesus do this. He is the name above every other name. We read in the Bible in John 20, 31, but these things are written that you may believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that believing you may have life in his name. The Bible records in, in the Gospels different pictures and different images of Jesus to help different people, different cultures understand who he is. He's the bread of life so that bakers can understand. 
He's the creator so that artists can understand. He's the water of life so that plumbers can understand. He's the light of the world so that electricians can understand. He is the firstborn so that pediatricians can understand. He's the chief cornerstone so that architects can understand. He is the foundation stone so that builders can understand. He is the morning star so that astronomers can understand. He is the hidden treasure so that bankers can understand. He is life so that biologists can understand. He is the door so that carpenters can understand. He is the great physician so that doctors and nurses can understand. He is the good teacher so that educators can understand. He is the lily of the valley so that florists can understand. He is the rose of Sharon so that gardeners can understand. He is the rock of ages so that geologists can understand. He is the true vine so that horticulturalists can understand. He is the bridegroom so that wedding planners can understand. He is the righteous one so that judges can understand. He is the advocate so that lawyers can understand. He is the judge so that criminals can understand. He is the pearl of great price so that jewelers can understand. He is wisdom so that philosophers can understand. He is the wonderful counselor so that psychotherapists can understand. He is the word so that lexicographers can understand. He is the good shepherd so that farmers can understand. He is the captain so that the navy and the army can understand. He is the alpha and the omega so that scientists can understand. He is wind so that meteorologists can understand. He is the way so that cartographers can understand. He is the deliverer so that postmen can understand. (laughs) He is the mediator so that United Nations can understand. He is the Lion of Judah so that zookeepers can understand. He is the Lamb so that vets can understand. He is the Resurrection so that undertakers can understand. He is the Rider on the White Horse so that jockeys can understand. He is the indescribable gift so that shoppers can understand. He is refuge so that refugees can understand. He is shelter so that homeless people can understand. He is the father so that orphans can understand. He is the truth so that politicians can understand. Jesus is the one. The Bible says salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
Romans 10.13. This is what is called a conditional promise. You do your part and God says, I'll do my part. God says, I will rescue you. I will. If you will believe on my name. When a person receives Jesus as their saviour, their name becomes eternal. And it is written down in the book of life. So when I believed in the name of Jesus on the 9th of February, 1975, 10 o'clock, my name was written in the book of life. Oh, I'm in the book of life. Amen. Are you? Yes. Anyone here not sure? Anyone? Oh, I hope it is. Listen, your name can be put in the book of life. When you believe in the name of Jesus, when you bow to Jesus, when you acknowledge what the Saviour did for you on that cross. There's only one man-made thing in heaven. Only one man-made thing in heaven. The only man-made thing in heaven are the scars on Jesus' hands. I like the sign language for Jesus. You see, when you bow before Jesus, the crucified, risen Saviour, your name is written in the book of life. What a thought. Do you need to call on the name of Jesus? If you have never called on the name of Jesus, call on the name of Jesus. If you want to take God seriously, you've got to begin that journey by bowing to Jesus, the King of Kings, and welcoming him into your life. Why don't you do that now and pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I acknowledge you as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I bow my knee before you. I know I have broken your commandments and I'm grateful to you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that you are alive today and I can welcome you into my life. Come in by your Holy Spirit. Cleanse my life, heal my life and fill me with your life, your peace, your truth. Fill me with your light and help me from this day on to follow you, the way, the truth, and the life. In Jesus' name, Amen. Just 10 by J. John. Relaunched and reimagined. Just 10 is a 10 session series 
to explain the Ten Commandments and their relevance today. With free video resources for churches and small groups and a re-released book to help you go deeper. Take time to unpack how each of us can live by these timeless principles today. Visit just10.org to find out more.